Hey, it's Todd coming from the Rolling Sports Library and uh, Spirituality Review. Well, I want to say I just want to thank Anchor for hosting this format for me, and uh, God bless. Thanks. Hey, I'm Todd. Welcome to the uh, sports library and spirituality for the uh, for my apartment here in Verona, Wisconsin. And I'm um, going to do a little bit uh, more reading from my... Uh, this Actually, should we wrap this up? Uh, Evolution of the NFL and Seven Sundays, Game That Changed the Game. And it's by Ron Jaworski. should be able to wrap this chapter up at least. I'm We'll be doing a little bit more of this. Good book. Alrighty. Montana was just as was just as beholders beholders to to John Ayers. Wait. Alright, let's do it this way. Alright. Montana was just as beholden to John Ayers, whose Molly Block protection kept Joe out of LT's crosshairs. As Taylor admitted to Michael Lewis in Blindside, it was the first time I'd seen it. It was the first time they'd brought the guard back to meet me. I couldn't figure out what to do with him. There's nothing I could do but try to run him over. Lawrence. Lawrence tried. All right. But was continuously frustrated by San Francisco's protection scheme. Parcells believe, Bill Parcells believed that Taylor's troubles were due in no small part, no small Paul measure, <laughs> sorry, to the muddy playing surface. Their tactic of using a guard to block is one that would not is one that would not work on a dry field against Lawrence. No, or he insisted. It could be used in bad weather. We couldn't get any pressure that day because of the uh, field conditions. They had a good design and were better read better team than us at the time but they had a good design I'm sorry but they had a good design and were a better team than us at the time but as time went on it became difficult it became difficult for them to do the, what the, they to do that to us Parcells pointed out in Blindside that when he studied the game films later, he saw that whenever Ayers dropped back, he left a hole in the middle of, the, of his line. Had the Giants blitz either Hunt or Kelly from the inside, they would have had a clear path to Montana. But on that day, they never did. You look at the Giants-Niners game from then on. You look at the Giants-Niners games 
from then on. You'll see they didn't do a whole lot lot against us, said Belichick, who was was on New York's coaching staff throughout the, uh, the 80s. Pulling the guard out was effective to that game. But part of it was that we didn't have really seen it, didn't have a good answer for it. The field showed, the field slowed Lawrence down, plus the ball was coming out so fast. The receivers never really stopped because they were always in motion routes. We just didn't master those things quickly enough. Didn't pressure the quarterback with a quick pass rush. We were still playing a more traditional game. They were better than us. Had better players. You know, I admit it. They all coached us. But by the time it got to the end of the end of the decade, we beat them a number of times. They didn't have anything near the offensive success they had against us. in the first few games. Um, You know, that's what what football's all about. Football's about adjusting, adjustments you make, that I've seen. And, uh, you know, if you don't adjust, then then you just fall behind. Which means is that you become a uh, luster and luster of a team if, if you uh, if you go from that point on. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to adjust to the uh, opponent's, opponent's personnel, but most of all, you have to be able to adjust to uh, create mismatches for your, uh, for your team's personnel also. And that's the thing that I've seen. That's the thing I've seen again and again is that Taylor was such a beast. Taylor was such a superstar. Taylor had so many God-given abilities that, you know, it'd be, you know he, he played this way when he was he screwed up. He was in all kinds of trouble. He was having all kinds of problems. But he could still have the talent to go and destroy a team. No matter what time he got out of the elevator, from no matter what time he got out of the elevator in the morning, and um, you know that's the thing is that like I said before, it's it's about it's about adjusting, it's about adjustments. You know, it, it's about that's why the coaches are to develop those to get to those adjustments and find out what's going to work. You know, have a belief that it's going to work. And uh, you know, he had Taylor when he first came into a rookie. He had Brian Kelly. He had he had uh, Brad Van Pelt. He had Harry Carson. He had some really good linebackers to learn from. And. Uh, I know that I, I'm positive Harry Carson's is in the Hall of Fame, but I also think maybe that I haven't looked lately, but I know Brad Van Pelt had the uh, 
was one of the best linebackers to play for the Giants ever. And, uh, God, the Giants, there's been so many good linebackers that play for the Giants. I could go on and on. I can get, it's that one guy, Sam Huff, I remember, that for sure. <laughs> and a trillion other guys. All right, so... The Giants gave us the most trouble. Admitted Walsh. From then on, we were pretty even with them. Their great talent coaching really crowded, really crowded, crowded Joe. They got him. They got in his face, and he didn't have as much time to throw those precision passes. Those were times we just couldn't get it done. Our games with New York were slugfests, and they took away a lot of a lot of what we had. Parcells and Belichick figured out the better ways to defense us. Bill was being gracious when he said this. There were some notable Giants victories, especially in '86 when they won the Super Bowl. For the record, the, the Niners beat New York. Seven out of ten games between 81 and 89. The Giants shouldn't feel too bad though, because during that same stretch, San Francisco was so good that it had a better overall record, regular season record, road record, than any team's home record. The 49ers won three more Super Bowls as they expanded their explosive repertoire. None of this would have happened without the events of the 81 Giants playoff, 49ers playoff game. I knew the Niners-Cowboys game played the following week, highlighted by Clark's amazing catch as part of the NFL mythology, but it wasn't as far-reaching as the Giants game. Here's why. This game made clear the potential dominance of a pass-rushing outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. Now, every team was on the lookout for someone like Lawrence Taylor, a force that could disrupt an opponent's passing game. This game made clear that left tackles are critical. Bill Walsh had gotten away with using John Harris to stop Taylor but that it was only a short-term solution. If the Niners were going to prosper, they'd have to get a better athlete on, Mont Taylor, on Montana's blind side, and did in 83, drafting Bubba Paris. Today, the offensive left tackle is one of the highest paid positions in the NFL. And it all started because coach, coaches could now see how critical a good one was to keep to keeping their quarterback healthy. This game expanded defensive pressures, defensive pressure concepts out of the three-four. Coaches now understood what they were doing to have to broaden their repertoire for with more variety and disguise if they were going to compare against teams. That ran West Coast, ran West Coast offensive systems. Otherwise, they would get they would get picked apart. 
A defense defenses would also have to become faster, especially at the linebacker position. Yeah, this uh left tackle position. Vital. And I believe it was 1978. They, it was 1980, maybe. They switched the uh, the rules, so you can uh, you could different you could pass pass block differently. You know the old ways that you had to be able to hit them with their pads. You know, keep your keep your hands in. And uh, you'd be able to block that way. But now the new system is... <laughs> the system that was applied in 19... Uh, let's see, 1980. We're all there. You know, you could... You can use your hands as long as you have your hands inside the opponent's... The opponent's jersey. You're inside the opponent's... Uh, Two shoulders, and uh, you know you have to have them inside. You have them outside of the Canalia for holding every time. Well, not every time, but <laughs> you know. But uh, strategically, that's what's supposed to be going on. They're supposed to be able to play. Uh, that's why it's so important for a left tackle too. It's like to have quick feet, so they can uh, so they can you know dance with the other dance with the defense and. Uh, it's so important, man. You know, that's the thing you, you see a lot during the games. You watch now, you watch. Oh, there's a holding penalty, you know, on 50, number 54. We'll go to number 54 and they'll show them and they'll be like, and you'll be like watching and go, what the hell's wrong with that? But then they'll, they'll show how he has his hands outside, outside of the, uh, where he's supposed to have his hands at. He's got them in the outer part of the other shoulder pads, not on the not in on the inside part. Inside uh, radius, I think you call it. But anyways, that's what that's why it's so important to have a good left tackle. And um, you know, it can really screw a passing game up if you're getting if you're getting sacked left and right. Now, I just go back to Lynn Dickey because that's what I think about when I was younger. And, uh... Dickie was... Dickie could pass like Joe Namath. He had that type of arm. He had that type of accuracy. And, uh, the thing about Joe was that... He played during a, during a time where people weren't ready for him. And the other thing too is that he, after that Super Bowl game, he had some rough years. He had some uh, real rough years, and that was the same thing with Dickie. You know, Dickie, Dickie and Namath's career were separate because of the, uh, you know, Dickie was playing behind Dan Passerini in Houston, and uh, and the struggles that he had with getting the he had after he came to Green Bay because he. He's a great passer, but he gets kept throwing the ball to the wrong team all the time. You know, unfortunately. And you know, and 
And I, I still say today that, you know, you can see more interceptions than a guy because, yeah, he's, his accuracy is going to be off, but he's taking more chances because, because his wide receivers are not getting open. And, you know, that's what I see with guys today. You know, it's, you know, it's easy to sit there and hold the line of the ball. No, it's not easy. I should never say easy. The thing about the thing about that is just holding on to the ball and waiting for the guys to get open. But meanwhile, you got some 290-pound behemoth just crashing on you. You can smell it. You can smell them coming. And that's the thing is, is that people don't understand. And I under that that's come a long time for me to understand too. Is but how important the passing game is and how important it is to be a, uh, to sit there and take that hit, but be able to get it, to get it off, you know, because it's so important to sit there in the pocket and be a pocket presence passer. So, you know, that's the left tackles I've seen. I've seen a lot of good left tackles in my life and, um, you know, I think of the Packers, I think of Bakhtiari, and uh, what he had given to Aaron Rodgers is, uh, you know, he'd given Aaron Rodgers a full, uh, an easier lifestyle. You know, he, he had made it a lot easier for him in the pocket. You know, and, and the thing about Rodgers, too, he has, uh, he has nimble feet, so he can, and that's the thing he never got credit for either because he still didn't get credit for it. This is how he can move around in the pocket. And if he needs to scramble and he needs to take off, he can take off. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've seen anyways with, uh, with love tackles. You know, the other, there's, there's so many good ones that I could just go on and on about, but, you know, another one too is that Tony Vasselli. Tony Vasselli is just incredible. And, all right, we're gonna get, you know, I'm just gonna start talking and lose my face. I'm sorry, but the, uh, so this game expanded the defensive pressure concepts of out of the three four. Coaches now understood that they were going to have to broaden their repertoire with more variety and disguise if they were going to compete against teams that ran the West Coast systems. Otherwise, they would be picked apart. Defenses would have to become faster, especially at the linebacker position. The game expanded defensive pressure concepts out of the 3-4. As soon as they came up with more uh, more ways to rush the pass or more ways to, as they say, get home. And because uh, you got to, they had to put, they got to put pressure on the passer. You know, and the thing about that too, though, is the fact that what helps too that I've seen is that 
You know, it used to be the uh, the Raiders were a long ball team. There used to be the uh, Daryl and Monica and uh, Stabler and, you know, all these guys that were playing that type of system. Well, reality is, too, is that, you know, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be able to block for that long when you have a, uh, when you have a defense that can rush the passer like that. So going to a, a five-man or a five-foot drop or a three a three three-foot drop is the uh, that's the problem, you know. That I've seen is that with West Coast offenses, you get yeah they're just getting no pass rush today. Why, you know? I say that so many times, you know, and I, I, I hear what else to say. Well, the real the reality is, is that the guys out there, they run the West Coast offense, and he's getting a ball off one, two, three, throw, one, two, three, throw. It doesn't take long to get that ball out of there. And, you know, and, and like I said in here, they, you have to be able to hit the guy. You throw to a spot. You don't throw to the guy. You don't wait for the guy to get there. You just throw it to the spot. So that way you can really get rid of the ball faster. You know, and that takes a takes a load off of the uh, lineman too. You know, trying to hold a trying to hold somebody out of a of a pressure defense with three four defense with it with a the uh, concepts, the different concepts they have now. It's very difficult. Very difficult. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's why these, uh, that's why these coaches have adjusted with these three, three, three drop, three, three yard drop, three yard drop, you know, a three foot drop, a three yard drop, I should say. Anyways, five yard drop, and I, you know, how it goes. But that's the thing is, is that I've enjoyed from my my vantage point of seeing this game be in evolution. You know, when, when it was in the 70s, it was, <laughs> I go back and I watch some of those games today and they are freaking boring. I'm telling you, they're really boring. You know, because we're so different. You know, we, we've been raised on a different type of football now that we've been raised on such a different type of football. You know, it's it's a lot different. You know, you know, and that's the thing that the passing game too. The passing game has come to uh, the passing game has become wide open now because of the all the different. You can't be mugging the wide receivers and stuff like that. So, you know, they they have different passing. They have different passing rules now, which makes it a lot easier to uh, to watch a game. The game inspired innovation from offensive minds. Taylor's arrival forced Redskins coach Joe Gibbs to modify his Eric Coriel oriented offense into a new system that replied upon the H-back position to neutralize LT. Joe's breakthrough made Washington a dominant team over the next decade, earning three Super Bowl championships. as well as defensive ones.
As time against precision offenses became more widespread, people like Buddy Ryan and Dick LeBeau were forced to come up with new and better ways to apply pocket pressure. This game formally introduced football fans not only to a new offense, but also to a new philosophy. Walsh's West Coast offense attack changed everything. How offenses were called, how they were coached, how teams are built, standards for higher pass completion percentages jumped dramatically. After I, re- after I retired from the Eagles, I was an NFL analyst with CBS recalled Dick Vermeil. I was doing a Niners game early in the 1986 season. That summer, Jack Kemp's son Jeff was really struggling as quarterback for the Rams. And they let him go. Walsh signed, Walsh signed Jeff. And it's a good thing he did. Montana hurt his back and missed a lot of playing time. So Kemp replaced him. I don't think Jeff had been there more than a few weeks when he was pressed into the lineup. But he did very well. He actually did better than that. He was putting a bigger, putting on big passing numbers and eating people alive. Why? Because of Bill Walsh's system. It was so quarterback friendly. Bill followed his old friend Vermeil into sportscasting shortly after retiring from the 49ers in 89. But the competitive fire still burned. And Walsh went back to coach at Stanford in the early 90s. He later returned to the 49ers as their general manager. And then came full circle by returning to where it it all began, San Jose State. In 2005, he served as a consultant to the alma mater, even as he bravely battled leukemia that would eventually end his life. As the NFL enters its second decade of the 21st century, there are many differences between today's game and what it was like when Bill Walsh began tinkering with his West Coast philosophies. When Walsh started this approach, it really wasn't a complex system, observed Bill Farcells. He had a tight end, two wides, two backs, almost all the time. You didn't see much motion because you wanted to see what the defense would be during the snap. Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid have since changed the West Coast offense to be something quite different from what Bill originally designed. I also acknowledge these profound differences, but also noted the the language Walsh created for his offense is still prevalent in the NFL today. If you see Reed's offense in Philadelphia, it may look more like a Gilman or Coriel attack, but he uses Bill's terminology. Andy Reed, Andy Reed's in the Super Bowl again. Stuff is winning. That's what it's all about. I asked John Gruden about Walsh's lineage and he offered some additional examples. A lot of Walsh disciples have taken the West Coast offense in new directions. What Holmgren did with this with the screen game in Green Bay was sensational. 
And Mike Shanahan's ability to add his own touches with the uh, Steve Young teams of the 90s might have been most exciting shit I ever saw. Just look at the footage from the, their Super Bowl win over the Chargers. They absolutely shredded them. Stuck with Brent Jones and Ricky Waters. It was a it was a full court press. And they ended up doing it and doing it to everybody. There are still occasional flashes of Welsh's original original precepts and in Green Bay Mike McCarthy has quality receivers who ran uh, those familiar slants, hitches, and comeback patterns. So, anyways. It's quarterback Aaron Rodgers is a quick thinker who reads defenses rapidly. The slant pass foundation is still a big part of what Brad Childress does with the, 40, with the Vikings passing game. In Houston, Gary Kubiak likes to run inside slants with Andre Johnson. Throws to his backs out of the backfield. He was tight end Owen Daniels in a classic West Coast style. But the reality is that Bill's original offense has been modified so much and by so many that in the purest form, it no longer exists. Two back sets rare become of multiple receiver spreads. Fullback was a key component in Walsh's original offense and some teams don't even carry one on their football field on their roster anymore. Zone blitz schemes and defensive exchanges have totally altered protection packages, all but banishing the pro set package of the early 90s. Alright, well, next next time I read, I'm going to go into Buddy Ryan's 46 defense. And if nobody else has told you that they love you today, I do. Thanks for listening. Remember the power of love. Thanks.